It's time for Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair in West Reading. Got a question about your vehicle? Give us a call at 610-374-8800 or 888-401-0459. So let's get started with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. Here's Tom and Ashley. Well, hello, good evening, and welcome to Idle Talk. I am Ashley. And I am Tom. And we are here on 830 AM WEU. We are from King's Auto Repair, and we're Idle Talk, and we're talking about cars. Yep. You got anything to add? <laughs> I was trying to throw you off before you started. I wasn't paying attention because I... I was trying to find my notes that I put together oh, for this. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Okay. So we are here on 830 AM WEU. We're talking about cars. Give us a call. 610-374-8800-888-4010-459. And we are also live on Facebook. So if you want to see our beautiful faces for radio, you can log in to or, uh, go over to to Facebook, search for King's Auto Repair, like and follow. You'll get notifications when mm-hmm. we go live. And if you didn't want to call in, but you did have a question or a comment, you can always type that type that into the chat bar, and we can try to answer that on the fly. The fly? Yes, that was a Jeff Goldblum movie. He was it was a really gross movie. Do you ever see the movie? Yeah. The fly mm-hmm. isn't really disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't he turns watch, into I don't, a, he turns into like a human sized fly. I don't watch disgusting movies. I watch funny movies. That's all I watch. <laughs> you do to watch disgusting movies. TV shows. <laughs> Where's the? There's no difference there. It's a production that you're watching, whether it's a TV show or a movie. Don't even try to split hairs. It's semantics at this point. Semantics. Yes. That's Who's big... Sam and their antics. That's right. Keep that handy. It's going to be a whole <laughs> show of them. Bad joke central. Uh, dad joke central. Dad joke number one. Okay. So I put my I put the radio show together. I helped. No, you did One you article. Did, you did one article. One article. Yeah. So. A, a very, uh, an article that was very, um, uh, it could trigger some people. Yeah, it could be a little triggering. Yeah, Let me go into it. We little, can start you there. You want to start there? You want You want to wind people up right off the start, yeah, don't you? Yeah, sure. No, I kind of figured. I mean, why not? That's why we're here. I, I So I was cruising through my social media, and it popped up with an article that said, um, these modern cars will never be collectible classics. So I liked I like this I like the the headline because number one I love when people write about anything that they're selling on eBay or Facebook Marketplace or anywhere that it's rare, rare model. Well, yeah, guess what? A Chevette's rare too, but it's not really highly desirable. Well, they, they were everywhere. Yeah, they're just not around anymore because they were kind of disposables. But they do have Chevette clubs, <laughs> and there's people restoring them now. You know, there's. AM, there's gremlin clubs. Heck yeah. There's. <laughs> That's right. You know why? What was why? the other one that was a gremlin and the, um, the pacer? Pacer. Yeah, yeah. You know why? Tell me. Because they're all acting out Wayne's World. That... They're all <laughs> going down the road, singing Bohemian Rhapsody. You need the 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 red vines cutter on the yep, in the yep. on the ceiling too. Exactly. The red vines on a roll come Terrible. right out. Yep. Terrible. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what they, uh, that's, I guarantee you, that's what they do. Okay. So, modern classic, getting into this article, is from Motor Trend. 
Um, and modern... I had trouble finding it. I didn't realize that this article is like three years old. It was old. from 2020. Yeah. And they just, like, they're like, here, look at this article from like three years ago. Because I was like, oh, it's probably recent. And I went back and tried to look and find it. And I was like, where is this? I'm like, I know this was who wrote, you know, it came from Motor Trend. And yeah. I was like, because I was really interested, like, in their opinion of sure. what will never become a... Yeah, because a collectible it's, this car. Isn't, this isn't like a blog. It's actually like this is their job to talk about cars. So, okay, so modern classic is a phrase that's been used to describe any number of legitimately special vehicles pro- produced over the last 25 years. This is only 25 years. So, unfortunately, it's been pasted across the windshields of cars that, while perhaps rare or interesting, is actually decent to drive, simply doesn't rise to that level. <laughs> so, we're it's talking... Like, mm, no. 1998, 25 years. <laughs> That's actually kind of depressing, but anyway. <laughs> what was the, so does this go... Okay, here, is it this... Okay, so the first one... The very, very first one, a Jaguar. Jaguar, a pardon me. A Jaguar S-Type R, to be, as a matter of fact. Well, the R is a su- supercharged. Yes. Forward to liter V8. And I can tell you they were plagued with a lot of problems, the supercharged ones. And the, the non-supercharged ones, there's a bunch of them out there. They have they hold absolutely no value. Like, you can buy them unless they're, like, some rare model. Were these the ones that was the, four, that was the, the um, Contour? No, no, okay. no, no. These weren't or, the Contours. No, that was an X-Type. Oh, okay, okay. The S type was like a larger. It wasn't the SJ, the uh, XJ, XJ, XJ. Yeah, it wasn't the XJ. The S type was like a larger, more round sedan. It looked okay. kind of like a Ford Contour. Yeah, but it was much larger. Okay. The Contour based one was the X type Jag. Okay. And that was like a smaller. You could. They came in stick shift, and the, um, the Jags came in stick shift. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, because it was the exact same, the exact same chassis as a Ford Contour. Okay. They just stuffed a, um, they actually stuffed a Ford Taurus engine in the three valve Duratec motor. Okay. And uh, that's because they wanted it to leak on the ground. Um, <laughs> the to, the, no, the motor not, was really good. It's not leaking; it's marking its territory. That is true. Yes. And it marked it everywhere, <laughs> but. Um, those cars, I mean, you can get them inexpensively if you want one, but they are still very expensive to fix. Okay, and so I think that's would why you want, would would someone want one? They drive very nice, but they are super expensive to fix. Okay, because they're kind of an oddball. Oh, the, so the, even though they're the S type, this oh this S type, yeah, this S type is an oddball. So it was 2003 to 2008. So yeah. I guess there's just not a whole lot of aftermarket like matchup, like cross reference no, parts. No, no. And we have one that comes in the shop and it is a total pain to try to get stuff for. They they just weren't as popular as an XJ. Okay. They, they but just also, weren't. But also, Jag does, doesn't like to support them in the aftermarket, though. Yeah. They like they support them, but they've been sold so many times. Right. That having that support, like, it kind of like it kind of like fades away. Yeah. So when they own, so during this time in Jaguar history, and I know a lot about this because I was working on Lincolns at that time. Okay. And the Lincoln LS, actually, this the S type was uh, Lincoln LS is what it is. 
um, okay. that Lincoln LS and this S type shared a lot of a lot of stuff because it was made by Ford. And what ended up happening was Ford ended up selling it off, and they sold it to somebody, and they sold it, and then they right. sold it, and they sold it, and you know, since these have been built, there's probably been five or six owners of Jaguar. Okay. So, so it, trying it, to get parts for it's right. practically impossible. Yeah, and you know, once they sell it, they like sell it, but they don't support this model, and you know, so it kind of it's just like kind of the support kind of like flakes away here and there. So yeah. Okay. So next one. I always thought this was this was a weird one. I never really understood this one. This is a Cadillac Katera. And they used a duck as the promo mascot. See, I don't remember these things. But well, that was probably the whole thing about this was, yeah. you know, you don't remember these things. No. And it, it, it was, they wanted to make a Cadillac that was like sporty. Because all Cadillacs were just kind of big squishy limo type of yeah, things yeah so they wanted to make this the why it's the car you drove to church on a sunday right but this one was they wanted to make it it was tout, touted as quote the caddy that zigs and its marketing material he had his own animated mascot named ziggy but it was like a duck and it went wah, wah, like in not the, like duck like get out of the way no it was duck with like the bill and he would go wah, wah, like I swear on I the know. on the catalog, we should look up the commercial. I, wish at the I break should look up the commercial because it was it was it was weird, and it never really took off. Kind of weird, like the car. It was, but the car. I think the car looked almost looked like like a shorter Malibu. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, it was at the time where GM was like, "Hey." I have this car. Let's put 20 different badges on it. Right. And, you know, we'll be like, oh, this is exactly what, you know, we need to be doing is putting 20 different uh, twenty different badges on the same exact car. Well, it says if only the paymasters at GM had seen fit to do more than slap a Cadillac mo- emblem on the Opal Omega. Oh. And fit it with a V8 instead of a ho-hum 200 horsepower V6. Hastily imported from its German subsidiary, the yeah. Omega platform was instantly outclassed I, by, well, everything. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree. I don't think it's going to become a collectible. You might see one or two here, here or I, there, but I don't think people are going to pay for them. I wonder, I don't even, we should look up to see how many of these actually sold in this time frame because I yeah. think it, I think it was a terrible, terrible seller. But And they're just kind of like, meh. So, like, yeah. why would you pay that for a Cadillac when you could pay a little bit more and get a Cadillac? And get, like, the real, like, yeah. STS or DTS yeah. or, you yeah. know, like, a Eldorado. Right. You know, like... Like the, the like, Cadillac. You know, well, they were trying to appeal to the youth, and it didn't work. Yeah, no, it did Because didn't. it looked like a fancy Chevy, Chevy Lumina. Malibu. Malibu. Lumina, yeah. yeah. Lumina, Malibu. So this next one, I, I like these, but I know they're mm-hmm. a little... Quirky. Yes. This is the 2002 Mercury Cougar. Mm-hmm. Now, to looks totally different than the Cougar that it replaced. Yes. But there's a big gap in its in it. Was the the old Cougar was st- they stopped making it? Didn't they stop 97. making it? Ninety seven. And then yeah, so there's a two year gap or yep. ninety eight, and then they came, came at ninety nine with this weird one. Yeah, the little front wheel drive. You can get them in stick shift. They're automatic. They were a sporty little thing. Yeah, but I don't know why they called this a cougar when it looked totally not like the old one. Yeah, with like the mm, the, ba- the flat back, and I thought that was like that's just a super iconic car. 
like the they, old Cougars. Once again, chasing the youth of the day. I guess you so. Know, they were try- trying to. You know, they're trying to make a little sporty car like the Japanese were. Yeah. And they didn't execute it as well. I don't know. I I don't think they'll be worth much, but no. I don't. Yeah, you know, a lot of them got used up. They were based on the Ford Contour Mercury Mystique, mm-hmm. and they were made to be everyday cars and right. used up and They're thrown away. They're meant to be used, yeah. Like, like the Chevette. Yeah. Like the Pinto, like all, all those little little cars. So. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We can get talk about this a little bit more. There's a couple in here that I want to highlight, um, maybe two or three more, and then we can move on to something else. So give us a call, 610-374-8800-888-401-0459, and we'll be right back. And now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. And we're back. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tom. And we are here on 830 AM. WEU, we're from King's Auto Repair. We're going to talk to Blake. Blake. Eh, you have to hit the button? Yeah, he's there. Okay, hi, Blake. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you doing? If I was better, I'd have to be you. That's hey. all I can say. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> there you go. Yes. All right. Now that we're all lied to each other, what's up? <laughs> uh, I have a 14 Subaru Crosstrek. Okay. Oh, I love the car. Yes. Uh, very reliable, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Going down the highway about the last couple, about two weeks, there is a noise coming from the rear end that is getting progressively louder and louder. I figured it's either tires or a wheel bearing. Um, your thoughts? I would be 95% on the wheel bearing. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's very, very common failure in Subarus. Especially, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially yep. that the, vintage. The rear wheel bearings on like uh, Subarus starting in like 2012 or 2013, they, they changed the wheel bearing design. And they went to this unitized wheel bearing, and it, they're just not as good a quality as the old ones. Okay. The, the thing, and, and my my point was, it's like it, it, it's garage cap that has forty five thousand miles. In other words, mm-hmm. there you can tell I don't drive it a whole lot. Yeah. But um, it's uh, again. Uh, well, I, my my basic question is, I, I already have an appointment to take it in on Monday. I need to drive it sixty more miles. Do you think mm-hmm. it's okay? Probably. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've, I've yeah. never seen one that was loose. Okay. On on them just making terrible terrible noises. Okay. So I've like I said I've never seen one that it like came apart or was loose. They just okay. made a racket. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 getting to the point where the uh, the radio volume. Um, <laughs> you know. Well, you know. You're having I, a hard I, time overcoming the noise. Well, and, the and I talk to myself a lot, and I can't even overcome my own thoughts. Oh, so, well, you know what? What you oh. know? It's like it, when, it, when, well, it, yep. when it's when it's when it's interfering with my own mind. It's like you know uh, what? I better get I, this checked. I know <laughs> how you feel. I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> Yes, we we all understand that because okay. you have to turn That's the right. radio down to listen to your own thoughts, and then you really have to stop thinking and turn the radio down to find the address that you're looking for. So we all get that. That's uh, <laughs> that's a sign of getting older too. And it I, is. I have uh, my own, I've, I've succumbed to a few things in my elder years, but you know what the heck? You know, you fight it every day. You do. You do. Yeah. You fight the good fight every day. Yep. Yeah. And, and yeah. Then, well, then... I I think and I, I, what what surprised me though was uh, this is my third Subaru. And I've had such good, I mean, my, my first one was a 91 Legacy, mm-hmm. and when they traded it in, it had almost 160,000 miles on it. 
the motor was never touched, and the clutch, I swear to God, was original. Hmm. I believe I believe that. And, you know, and my, my second one was, again, another legacy. It was just, just about as good. But this one, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's not as good, but it just this disappointed me at 45,000 miles. It is. It, I mean, yeah. but that is, that's, that's about right, though. I mean, yeah, we've seen a bunch come through with... Relatively I've, low mileage with the w- bad wheel bearings. I've okay. seen them as low as twenty five thousand miles with a bad wheel bearing really? on the back. Yep. Really? Yeah. Well, again, yep. I, I learned something today because yep. uh, I figured it's either tires or that, and yep. I checked and I put the tires on. Maybe it's less than ten thousand miles ago, oh, yeah. so it's like totally. all right. It can only be one of two things. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's right. a pretty common pretty common issue with them. Well, I, I am more learned than I was this morning when I got up. <laughs> Amen. So, All right. I, I thank you very much. You bet. Absolutely. Thanks, Blake. Okay, thank, thank you. you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yep. Yeah. It's cool. And they're, they're pretty miserable to get out, too. Yeah, they're, I know there's a lot of arguing. Yeah, there's a lot of arguing with those, and uh, we've we've had a lot of a lot of issues with those. Um, we've some um, occasionally we have one, like, come right out. But usually we're taking the whole control arm off the car and taking it over to our press, our like 100-ton press, and uh, pressing it out of the knuckle mm-hmm. because they are just rusted in so much. It's it's ridiculous. Like we have a couple things that we'll try to do to them to get them to come out. Finesse. Of the, finesse them out of the knuckle. Right. It usually involves large hammers. And um, if that doesn't work... Um, yeah, we take them out, take them over to the press, and press them out. And we've um, had to add heat to a couple of them mm-hmm. to get them to come out. They are that stuck in there. This is just it so is weird. Re- it is crazy. And you're like, and they'll only be like three or four years old. And you're like, how could it be this rusted together right, already? Right. Yeah, just super yeah. sourcing things from not a great place. Yeah. But so. I'm sure, I mean, I hope that they've... The re- remedy that yeah the replacement ones seem to be okay okay and i will say the newer cars i haven't seen it on as much yeah probably like stopping in like 2018 okay. which was when everybody started to have those wheel bearing problems because mm. we when we ran into our first one um i can tell you exactly which car it was I and it was. yeah and whose it was and they do a lot of miles mm-hmm. and um I was they very had a, surprised. They had a 2015, and this was 2016 or 2017, and it mm-hmm. had it had wheel bearings that were shot, yeah. and it already had 60,000 miles on it. Right, yeah. And we were like, this takes wheel bearings already? Yeah, and I was surprised at that, too. Yeah, and we couldn't get them out of that either. It's crazy. Yeah. I remember Finesse. it. It was, a, it was a very bad time. That's why I remember it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's just really quickly go back to a couple more of these. The one that I think is very, very funny is the Aston Martin Signet. It's a, okay, so it's a baby, Signet is a baby swan. So I think that's number one, the the funny part of this. Okay. And this is actually a smart car. It's, it's a, a smart, smart car. Because it's, it's a like, little two-seater. Like the Mercedes smart car. Yeah, the little two-seater. And I don't know why. I don't even know how many of these were actually sold. I can't imagine more than a couple thousand yeah, because when you think Aston Martin, you don't think a tiny two two seater no. car. <laughs> you think of dun 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 James you think Bond. James da, Bond. Da, That's da. right. James Bond was not driving an Aston Martin Signet. Lord, oh my. Well, maybe. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna that have would to rewatch. So funny. <laughs> so 
maybe you know someone's chasing him in a smart car or he's chasing somebody in a smart car you can get right into this signet and chase him and you got two little tiny cars chasing each other it would be maybe, like that would be like the, the italian, italian job. job yeah i was just thinking that the italian <laughs> with job the, with the, the minis mini and the italian job that was so, a good that was a really good race scene with the minis with the mini coopers yeah, because they went down and all over the place and... you know the ones they used for the updated movie were actually uh battery powered for all that really yeah they were actually electric to run them underground oh well that would make sense yeah, yeah because yeah, they could get gassed them. out from all the fumes. exactly because how many takes they had to do yeah. and all that and and also how much um uh oh sorry i just lost my train of thought how many being underground never mind i never mind that oh, whoosh, did you, did you hear that did you hear that it it was there and gone so fast that's like get, that's like getting older it's exactly that's what it did that's what my thought did it's it was like, there and then left then gone it, yeah that happens when you get older i hear <laughs> you hear oh hold on I, that is oh, me oh 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 that oh, okay okay, okay <laughs> gotta write it down so some other highlights on here they have the chevy hhr yeah um the ford contour svt the ford probe um, well, SVT was a special vehicles yep. team, so that was supposed to be it like a, a hot rod one. Yeah, a hot rod. But was yeah. it really? Well, they took that and they uh, they took that car yeah. and that engine and they put it into Mercury Cougar, which is what we talked about earlier. Right. So, mm, is mm. it a hot rod? Mm. 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 Eh. You can buy it in a Mercury Cougar. I'll buy it in the Cougar. Okay. okay. Yeah. Better looking, right? Yeah. More, much more um, fun. There was one on here, the BMW 318Ti, which is like a little bubble hatchback thing. I actually liked these, and these had these had the option to have a the neat giant sunroof, like the like a an like extra, a extra whole big panel. Yeah, yeah, that they that they're they're actually putting in a lot of cars now. That was ah. kind of state of the art back in the day. Okay. Yeah, and then oh, and then BMW. lastly the MR2. Which has the MR2? Isn't that MR2? That's for another article. Oh, actually, Sorry. actually, that no, is no. That's the Mazda. The Mazda. That's the I skipped MX5. over that. I no, it's the MX3. Three. It's the one I skipped over because I wanted to go back and talk about it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was a little tiny, another little tiny commuter, but it had one of the smallest V6 engines put in a production car. It had a three or a one point eight liter V six. Wow. One point eight. One point eight. And I actually worked at Mazda for a while. Those little cylinders are like Yeah. Like the teeny tiny. <laughs> like there's the top four, of a base like the like base of a baseball bat. There's four <laughs> cylinders that are have more displacement than yeah. that, right? <laughs> so one point eight liter V six. It made hundred and thirty horsepower and hundred and fifteen foot pounds of torque. But it was a roller skate. Yeah, it was a roller skate. Yeah. And at my time at the Mazda dealer, I've only ever worked on one of those. Most every other one had a four cylinder in because the four cylinder made almost as much power as this did. <laughs> it's like why so, bother? Exactly. It's like they just wanted to make the make that engine to see if they could. Yeah. That's like, pretty much hey, what it was. Look what we did. Ta da. You know, yeah. it's like developing it for like a yeah. racing engine. Yeah, pretty much. Because why not? And it, and that's why I you know, I saved it to kind of wrap it up this yeah. whole thing up with was, you know, it's the reason that it's not collectible is they kind of made this like one-off engine. So when something goes wrong with it or it needs some part for it, where do you get the parts? Right. 
And that's what you most don't. most of these cars have in common is they were like one off. They had like bespoke parts on them. Right. And here you are like trying to find these parts and you can't. Right. They're it's just like they're just not, not there. Not there. Not available. Yeah. Just wasn't that many of them made. Yeah. So all right, let's take a break. Give us a call at 610-374-8800-888-401-0459, and we'll be right back. We're back with more Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley from King's Auto Repair. And we're back. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tom. Don't. <laughs> we're just arguing about something. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say it. Don't say I, it. I'm just going to come out of left field and say it. <laughs> and you're going to get dead silence from me. No, I Crickets. won't. You're going to turn and stare at me. <laughs> you're going to turn and pluck you right in the neck. <laughs> you're going to stare right through me as I say it. The English major will come out. Let's talk to Dave. Hi. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. You I have bet. a 2013 Honda Accord, a four-cylinder engine. Okay. Uh, I'm concerned about uh, the... Uh, changing of transmission fluid. Okay. It has 105,000 miles on it and has never had a uh, fluid change. I believe I recall the dealer saying there is actually no uh, dipstick to check uh, right. the level in that transmission. Uh, Tommy's thinking. I'm sort of trusting the idiot messages on the dashboard that least tell me motor oil life right but i i'm not getting any message that says well gee uh, transmission fluid needs to be changed at a hundred thousand or fifty thousand yeah so um so you've always taken it to the honda dealership yes okay. yeah so honda generally will follow all of its prescribed maintenance um and if you know, by their the mileage maintenance. So if there isn't a transmission fluid service, then Honda probably won't do it because it's not prescribed by Honda. Is that correct, Tommy? Yeah, I'm. I'm looking, looking up. Their, their I'm buying some time right here. Now. He's looking yeah. at looking up for looking up the schedule um, for maintenance, um, which is in your handbook. The the, the book that you get in. Yeah. The, uh, um just looking here in 2013 Honda Accord and I just picked an LX um, with a constant variable transmission. Is that kind of correct there? Does it have a CVT? Or is it a I agree shift? that it is. Okay. You don't feel it shift? Uh, great question. <laughs> <laughs> kind of smooth, revs up a whole lot. Yeah, and just how can you drive a car for this many years and not know whether you feel a <laughs> yeah. shift like my old uh, it, It's yeah, probably but, a CVT Yeah, then. but you, you don't even realize, after you drive it for so long, you don't even realize if it is or it isn't. You know, it's just kind of what the car does. So Yeah, well, thank you for making me feel better. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> But it's like oh, you know, you, you're driving your car, and then you get into it, and you're and you know all the noises that it should make, and then it's making a noise that it shouldn't make, and then you're just like that's a noise that I haven't heard before. And then as in the car business, you get people call in and say, "Hey, my car's making a weird noise," and if we don't verify that noise with a customer, then we're chasing a noise that they think is normal. That we're just like, okay, that okay, not that noise, that noise, you know. So. That generally happens a lot. So we're, yeah. we're, he, we're I'm kind of looking here, 
And I'm not seeing anything where it says to replace it or even inspect it, you know, according to the codes. Yeah, so coolant. But I'm going out to service B here. B service. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing anything. That's kind of odd. Yeah. I mean, usually with a constant variable transmission, we change those about every 40,000 miles because they can shudder and, oh, oh, replace transmission fluid, service number three. Um, but there's nothing. So if you see like a three pop up, that would have been asking for transmission fluid, but it doesn't give you a time interval or anything. It just says a car will pop up with it. Um but I know at our shop we do them between 30 and 40,000 miles, and we kind of do that um, pretty consistently. Uh, we have very few uh, CVT transmission failures at our shop, you know, doing that. And that's, you know, really what we're going for at our shop. We might have, I think we had one, um, a Nissan Murano that we kept going for okay. a while, but I mean, to get a I think that has like 180,000 on it. But if he has gone in for a beat, what is it? A, a, a service, a number, service three. number three. Number three. They, I don't, I don't, do you know if you've had any service number threes performed at the dealership? No, ma'am. I do not recall that okay. they, uh... okay. okay. So if a number three pops up on your dash, then that's, that's part of the transmission fluid that has a transmission fluid service in there. So, I I mean, I don't uh, aside from I'm going for the I'm going for the dipstick right now. Oh, looking for the dip, yeah. dipstick. So I if Dan, my Honda expert, was sitting next to me, he'd rattle everything off. Yeah. But I'm not the expert on them. <laughs> he'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's this, this, and this." So um, I got to look it up. Usually, I just defer right to him. And okay, oh, there's had a bulletin about filling the proper service level. Um. So here it actually tells you if you drain it and fill it, the amount of fluid that you would have to put in it. So uh, the Accord would be 5.3 quarts when you go to refill it. So you should get about 5.3 quarts when you drain it and 5.3 quarts back in it when you fill it. I but see. they don't say anything about checking levels, though. Clear as I mud. will say, yep. <laughs> so there's probably... If I were to make a guess, there's probably a check plug on it, and that's you would take the plug out and fill it until it ran out. That check plug would okay, be so, my assumption. Okay, I have a question on on his behalf. Okay, so if, if it's never been done and it has 140, 100, how many miles did it have on it? 105. 105 on it, should he do it now or just leave it alone? I would do it. Okay, I would do it now. Um, usually when transmissions get over like 120 130,000 miles and the fluids never been changed um, if you change it sometimes it can ruin it um, sometimes that dirt's kind of holding everything together and when you clean it out it uh, so it, he's kind of in a good yeah, window you're kind of in that window yet of flushing it and you'll you should be okay where it's not going to ruin anything uh -huh. so yeah and I'm not I am not finding anything on how to check it but so if yeah, you if haven't Dan gotten the, here, the, would... the third service pop up on the dash, I would probably be a little proactive and have it done. I want to, I'm thinking they're like every like, uh, 
I'm thinking they call for it around 50,000 miles, if I remember correctly. Okay. If I remember correctly, they call for it around there. But like I said, Dan knows all that, and unfortunately, he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got me instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately. Um, oh, transmission fluid level check. Yep, there is a plug. There we go. We just I just found it. So there's a plug at the front of the transmission. So you basically fill it up until it runs out the plug and then put the plug back in and it's full. I see. Is that a like a screw in plug or how's Yeah. How is it? it looks like it screws in into the bottom of the transmission. Uh the picture's about as clear as mud. <laughs> it looks like it's uh between the bell housing and the transmission pan. Okay. Like a little, and it looks like it's probably towards the radiator side and probably closer to the bell housing. All right, um, I can hear that, yeah. Yeah, there's like a little plug there kind of faces front. So that's, that's what it's showing for a check plug. All right. Well, thanks for yeah. uh, teaching me about what I uh, yeah. what I own and uh, don't know enough about. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's all right. That and, is okay. And get if it is a CVT transmission and you're going to change the fluid in it, make sure you get the CVT fluid because it will not. If you put regular transmission fluid in it, it will take out the transmission. I see. So, yeah. Make sure. All right, sir and yep. ma'am, thanks for helping me this evening. You bet. Thank you. All right, thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. You know, that is a lot of the difficulty when we bring stuff in <clears throat> yeah. is checking transmission fluid anymore. Yeah, because there's never a dipstick. And there's never a dipstick on anything. Some of them have check plugs. Um, some of them, like um, I can tell you right now, Ford and GM share a bunch of transmissions and they share them with a lot of other manufacturers. And um, because there are manufacturers out there that just build transmissions right. and then car companies buy them and put them in their stuff. Right. And um, one of the ones that always comes to mind is the one that is in a lot of midsize GM vehicles that are like front wheel drive or all wheel drive. The same ones are in the Fords. And when uh, when you go and look at the maintenance schedules on them, the GM calls for fluid changes at 70,000 miles on them. Mm-hmm. And Ford doesn't call for a change on it until 150. It is the same exact transmission. Like you can unbolt one and bolt it into the other. Yeah. And, and it's like just... Do the transmission services. Yes. It doesn't matter that Ford says no. Yeah. And do the I can tell you, a friend of ours has a, uh, he is a sale, traveling salesman, and their company always uses Fords. Mm-hmm. And the death of them every time is the transmission. Yep. You get to about 90,000 miles, and, and it's, it's over. Kaputsky. Yep. And that is like, and he goes, he currently, I think he has about 70,000 on his yep. and it's been slipping for a little while. Yep. And they're like, you know, we keep asking the company if they want to change the fluid in it and they keep saying no. So, you they're know like, what? All right. He goes, I just drive it. You know, you can only do what you can do. That's right. So. All right. Let's take a break. Give us a call. 610-374-8800-888-401-0459. We'll be right back. 
And now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. And we're back. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tom. And we are here at 830 AM. We're from King's Auto Repair and we're talking about cars. And I just found a video (laughs) in the service information on how to check the fluid level on this car. Okay. So I will put it up in our Facebook video. Um, but I, it's linked through a, um, a paid site. So if, even if I just put this link up, it's not going to work. So I got to do some other stuff to get it in. So it'll be in this video up on our Facebook page tomorrow. Okay, cool. So do you want to talk about the unnecessary, um, extras for the Corvette? Certainly. Okay. So I, okay. So the Corvette was, we all know was an iconic vehicle but the thing about this one is it's a little bit of like gilding the lily. It's, you know, the wretched excess. It's the thing that you didn't know that you needed. And now that you know that it exists, you want it. GM is introducing laser etched paintwork for a customization option. Oh, it's paintwork. Paintwork. I thought you were like talking about laser etching um, like people's names in. No. Oh. Okay, I could get behind that. I said paintwork, and you were oh. like, oh, I'm going to talk about Well, I was thinking there would be, like, sharks with laser beams, laser beams on their, their heads. heads. No. 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 Okay. No. So I, had to, I wasn't exactly sure what this really meant, so I had to dig into this article a little bit. And um, you may or may not know, when a car gets painted, especially, like, a supercar or, like, a higher-dollar car, there's multiple layers of paint that are put on this vehicle. So... There's um, sometimes there's multiple layers of the color paint. Sometimes there's because there's always a primer and then there's paint. And then there could be like um, a decorative type of paint over top that's maybe like a glitter or an overlay to make the color pop even more. Okay. And then there's one or two coats of clear coat. So what this laser etching laser Laser. etching does steal my words (laughs) i wanted to say that sorry laser there there you go laser Laser. okay we're belaboring the point anyway the laser laser etched it actually lasers go through the top coat and through one of the layers of paint in order to remove that layer and then it shows the layer of paint under that layer okay. so it's like so it's like peeling the paint back yeah on it's it? like a it's like a um it's like uh you remember back in the day when you have like the the piece of paper and then it had a thing on on the bottom like on so the it, paper and then it had wax over top and yeah. you scrape the wax away and you made a made a design that way it's the same concept yeah but they use lasers okay and they go to like different depths in the paint right. exactly and it looks very cool. Very, 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 very cool. It makes some neat designs. Yes. So to this end, Gia has two... Who draws it out? I don't know. That did, That really because wasn't... Because if they asked me to draw it, it would look terrible. I, I'm assuming they have someone that would do this that's a graphic designer. I'm assuming that they would... Or they would have something that would kind of... You know, assuming, eh? Would, yes. Anyway. So... Anyway, so well, if you're going to pay for this, you would think like somebody would like want their own design. I mean, I guess I don't know. It's still very huh. uh, kind of uh, 
it, it's a little it's actually let's okay let's just call it as it's extra it's extra it is super extra in terms of dollars and opulence you know it's just extra it's a lot but but it's i think it's interesting but the thing that i think of when i see this is corvettes get purchased and then they get sold because the guy wants the newest latest and greatest so he's always going to know that's your car Mm -hmm. unless you send it to like a different state (laughs) it's gonna hey there's my car you know because you could sell a car and be like oh i think that was my car and then sort of you know look at the vid but you could it's like buying a car with a tattoo on it essentially is really what it what it is well i guess with like this you can be like well this is a one of one corvette this yeah. is a one of one because I think this is the people searching for. I have a totally unique X Y Z. Yeah, that's what this is, because they have reports when it comes down to like cars. They have what they call the Marty report, okay. which um, okay. they go through and they chronic they look at how many cars were um, built. Like they go at the year. This is how many cars GM built. This is how many cars, uh, how many Novas they built. Okay. Out of the Novas, this many were blue, this many were gray. Okay, now you got a blue one with a tan interior. You got a blue one with a gray interior. They built this much, and they basically whittle this down to, like, all the different options and this and that. And, you know, trying to get to the uniqueness of it. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And that's what mm -hmm. they're chasing. And this is definitely unique and when i worked at the ford dealer i will tell you i saw a unique mustang come in one time um the color combination between the racing stripes and the color of the car was downright terrible and no one would make this like it was a bright bright blue with it was like a a bright red racing stripe on it those are clashing colors because they're, they're yeah. two primary colors. Yeah, they were. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they just—it's hard like, to it was, look at. Yeah, like it, it hurts was. your eyes. Yeah, yes. it hurts your eyes to look at the car. Yeah, and I'm colorblind, and it hurt my eyes. <laughs> well, right? we had we there was a T-shirt that someone gave us that had that color combination on yes. it, and you couldn't wear it because you're you're you. It was because there were two yes. very bright colors. Yes, and they clashed very much, and it was not. You were like, oh my goodness. And it was it was just terrible. Yeah. So so but so what they're what they're doing here is they're just like so they're comparing this to the Bentley. The Bentley Milner Department of the Rolls Royce Bespoke Department could custom design an interior. Well, it's kind of the same thing. You're doing a custom external. Yeah, but I also want to know because of like they have the laser cutting to different depths of the paint to get the different colors. Yeah. Now you have all these little cuts in there. Are they like putting a clear coat over top of it? It didn't say that they were that they were finishing because, in that way. So that was because that's you'd kind have to finish too. it. Yeah, or you're going to get dirt in it. Yeah, and then the colors are going to go away. But then again, it's a Corvette, so it's going to get washed a whole lot. And it's not going to go very and not go anywhere. <laughs> many places. Let's face it; it's not going many places. The most Corvettes I see are the ones that sit up at Chatty's Cafe every chat. They had Chatty's Cafe up there yeah. on Route 12 every morning for yeah. breakfast. Yeah. Those are the only guys I know that drive their Corvettes all the time. Yeah. And, and they are there year-round. Yeah, so. but that's the ultimate winter vehicle. 
I know they don't rust because out. Cuz they don't rust out. <laughs> I mean, the, there's still a frame on it, but it's nothing else is going to rust. So, uh so we had something come through here from Karen on Facebook. I'm going to touch on. So, it says a friend got her car back today, a lot of major mechanical and body shop repairs including new tires, brakes. Halfway through the trip, I'm assuming home, the they looked and the front left hubcap was missing. How do you handle it? Um just go back and ask them. Just call them, yeah. yeah. Just call them and ask them. Say, hey, uh, it looks like the hubcap's missing. Do you guys have it? No, it was on there, you know, when I brought it in. Now, I will say, like, when we bring a car in, we take pictures of the whole thing. Right. We do a walk around. We do photos and videos. We do the whole thing. So we know how the car came in. Right. Because a lot of times people come in and say, well, it wasn't like this beforehand. And I'm like, well, let's go back and look at the photos. You right. know, because you can is... lose a hubcap and not know it. Exactly. I mean, it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can have a hub, a center cap, something center cap. fall out, or you know, hubcaps back in the day were metal. You could hear them. You know, when they came off, <laughs> you <laughs> heard <laughs> them. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I and I remember that because I started working on um, Lincoln's in the days where they had the the locks on the center cap on the uh, they had really? the hubcap locks. Yeah. I didn't know that that was a thing. Oh my gosh, yes. People used to steal the hubcaps. Come on. Yeah, people get the people get the the, the you know, they go and and uh you know, it's yeah. People used to steal hubcaps yeah, back I in know. the day and sell them. I know. Yeah. There's a whole hubcap guy down on four twenty two that yeah, I mean he had. I mean he had a. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. where are you going to find them? You find them alongside the road because they right. flew off. You find them because someone stole them. You find them all over the place. You know, you're like, hey, those are my hubcaps. You can't prove it. I just found it alongside the road. You so they can't started putting. Yeah, so they started putting locks on them. I and, didn't know that. Oh my gosh! Did they have a key? It, yeah, they had a key, a little handheld key that would fit in, very much like a wheel, wheel lock. lock. Yeah. And, but it would fit over, and how we used to take them off, you'd fit them on tight and then you'd spin the wheel uh you spin oh. the wheel clockwise and it would take it out okay okay okay, you know? okay yeah yeah and then it would unscrew and then you could like pry the hubcap off the car <laughs> oh yeah the hubcap locks and then we got to the point Tremendous. where we got to the point i'll tell you a secret we used to cut slots in them so we didn't have to look for the key and you could use a <laughs> screwdriver. I figure we're out of the woods on we're, that now because the mechanics got tired of looking for those keys. They were never there. Oh, my gosh. That went so fast. Okay. Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you so, so much for watching if you're on Facebook. Um, it's going to be lovely this weekend. So have a lovely, lovely, lovely weekend. Please be nice to each other out there. Wear your seatbelts. Thank you. And good night.